Welcome to Fast Facts. I'm Jody. I'm Shelly. We're a new media concept, a co-working space in the design district called The Slate. The most amazing people have walked through these doors. Authors. Entrepreneurs. Community leaders. Dallas natives. And guests from near and far. We're going to bring them in this room and we're going to sit them down and we're going to ask them the questions you are asking too. These will be quick so you can listen on your drive in or your drive home. We are completely off the cuff, but that is the best part about Fast Facts. And the only person you can really be off the cuff with might just be your sister. Truth. Let's see who's slating it. Okay, we're sitting here with Wells Housen of Housen Women's Health. Hi, thanks for having me. We're going to get healthier, more centered, more balanced. <laughs> just sitting here, right here, right now. A little get more steps in by the end of the day. I'm just kidding. <laughs> well, we invited Wells because she said something so insightful the other day, and I think she's a wealth of knowledge on the topic of alcohol and anxiety. Wells? I drank last night just to be ready. <laughs> just to be ready for today. To so me too. Sure she was in tune with the yeah. topic. What kind of questions you got for me, Wells? Same. Just I made sure I was really hungover for today mm-hmm. so you guys could kind of see what it does. No, I'm kidding. No, um, but in all sincerity, anxiety is, you know, you do, you're like, well, I just kind of want a glass of wine to just wind yes, down. Yes. Mm-hmm. And initially, that glass of wine is really reinforcing. I mean, it kind of turns the pressure down, uh-huh. turns the temperature down, you feel relaxed. That's the sedative effect. Okay. Um, but you remember, I mean, alcohol is a depressant. So while in that moment, it's reinforcing, it's like, you kind of have to ask yourself, well, do I really want to take the edge off now? Or do I want to feel good tomorrow? Because the after effects of alcohol, your your anxiety is going to increase after drinking. And, and that depends on how much too, right? But why? Tell me. Well, I mean, I think there's a number of reasons. Physiologically, it does change your neurochemistry drinking. Mm-hmm. It decreases serotonin and dopamine and increases GABA, which is real techie. GABA, that's the first I've heard of that. Too. I know about dopamine. <laughs> yeah, everybody knows about dopamine. We love dopamine. It's all What's about GABA? Dopamine. You should read um, The Miracle Molecule. It's on... On dopamine. So, we'll look up GABA. Yeah, how do we find GABA? It's not a good one. Okay. So it goes up, but basically, not hint, to get hint. not to get too techy. I mean, it it does alter your neuro your neurochemistry some. It also affects your sleep, and when you're not sleeping as well, you're going to be more anxious. And physiologically, you wake up, you're kind of a little nauseated, a little shaky, a little dry mouth, a little sleep deprived, and then just emotionally. And this is not for everyone, but sometimes we wake up with a little bit of what I call the scaries mm-hmm. of like, oh, what did I, what did I say last night? <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Wait, what did I promise to well, share Well, we also all did night? that in our 20s. I mean, I feel like that, the scaries were from The forever. scaries really probably are more, I'm speaking to my college girls out there. Okay. But, you know, even for women our age, too, I think... As we have hormonal changes, I think alcohol affects us differently. Yeah, oh, I, gonna, I think yeah, that's so true. Yeah, or Shelly, weigh in. I mean, I am, much, I'm not, yeah. Like, I'm the, because I would rather eat a brownie than drink a glass of all wine a lot of times. So, so it's not that I don't want to. I'm just mm-hmm. making my choices. But if I have a glass of wine, it doesn't really affect me the next day. So what's to keep me from doing that night tonight? Well, I mean, I guess if one glass doesn't affect you, it's just I think for some 
people, and it affects women more than it does men, hmm. but I think for some people, it's hard to stop at one glass. Yeah. yeah. And if you can, and if you're hydrating and you enjoy it, I mean, the CDC recommends no more than eight drinks per week for women. Men get 15. It's a lot more, what? right? Nice yeah, metabolism game here. I yeah. I know. But I mean, if you can kind of think about it as a budget, and I have I have eight drinks to spend this week, and how do I want to you know allocate those? Do I want to use them all in two nights, mm-hmm. one night, or do I want to spread it out over the week? And if you can stick to that, and you're still feeling good, then that's great. I mean, I'm not advocating for everyone to quit drinking, but I think we've gotten to a point where alcohol is the only drug in our society that we have to explain when we're not doing. Fascinating. And I I think there's a culture among, especially young moms, but all the way through like women from kind of 30s to late 50s, where drinking is not only very socially acceptable, it's almost expected. Yeah. And when we're... And it's funny and it's the memes and it's like, oh, I need a glass of wine. Like it's almost like how you interact with people Mm -hmm. and even if you don't even intend to drink exactly Mm -hmm. and it's this cool girls club that I think we Hmm. feel motivated to be a part of or um like we're gonna have FOMO if we're not doing it right like Mm -hmm. what am I missing out on and you're right I mean right and preach and like I was saying to Jody before like Alcohol, you do not have to have a problem with alcohol for alcohol to be a problem. Hmm. So if your drinking is not serving you or you're doing it and you wake up and you don't feel as great, then I think you ask, like, how is this serving me? What what role is alcohol playing in my life? And even if it's not, you know, I'm blacking out or I'm using this to totally emotionally numb, if it is something that you are using to avoid some uncomfortable feelings, or feeling like I can't really unwind to relax at the end of the day without it. Yeah. Might be time to kind of question, you know, what you're doing there. How do you help a patient through that? So someone says, yes, I'm waking up. I feel terrible. I feel like I'm numbing. But how do you, are there tips or some sort of like methods you can help them walk through to be like, just don't pick up the wine or just take it all out of your house? Or how do you temper I that? try to not go. I'm like, God, you should get into therapy about that. Okay. No, yeah, I'm just I kidding. <laughs> Um, I don't like I, – I really don't like like a sober October or a dry mm-hmm. January. I think that sets up a dynamic almost like a diet where, mm-hmm. you know, then it's, it's not like, year-round. Right. Yeah. And it's like I'm going to restrict myself for this month, and then when the month's over, it's mm-hmm. like all – you know, and not that I think you're going to go off the rails, but just to make it – I, I kind of talk to them about, you know, if this is what you're using to unwind – it seems like it's more of a ritual. It's a way of yeah. you acknowledging, like, my day's over, my kids are in bed, my work is done. So can we find something else that mm-hmm. signifies this is the end of the day? Something else that feels sort of rewarding and replace the ritual with something else? I think it's like coffee in the morning for mm-hmm. me, at least. There's something about the the hand to the mouth with the cup, holding the thing. Like, I don't need more coffee right now, but it's just kind of fun to hold it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so I'll switch it out with the Topo Chico or something like that mm-hmm. just so that I can do the hand to, you know, it's mm-hmm. kind of silly. Mm-hmm. But are you finding, is this the number one thing that women turn to when you have anxiety? Is this is this it? 
Number one. I well, mean, I mean, it doesn't have to be number one, but in your experience <laughs> from people coming and talking to you, is this the outlet? Yeah. yeah. This is the outlet. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because it is, I mean, it does really, in the initial kind of moments, it does take the edge off. It mm-hmm. does kind of yeah. bring everything down and calm you. But you're right. It is that hand to mouth. And I tell people, you know, replace it with something else. Yeah. Or, and even put it in like a special glass. And I, yeah, that's like, I read that somewhere, like cigarettes. Sometimes mm-hmm. people that smoke, it's not really even the smoking, it's just holding a cigarette. Yeah. Like it, you just might want to hold like a fancy glass and not be mm-hmm. holding like, you know, your. Yeah, you have thermos. to ask like, why, also, what, like what your, am I trying to do? When I go get coffee, when you really think about it, or I go get wine, it's because I'm trying to socialize, mm-hmm. I'm trying to give myself a reason that I can sit around for five to 10 minutes and say hello to people. Otherwise, it's like, well, why am I just standing here? Yeah. Oh, I'm drinking coffee with you, or mm-hmm. oh, I'm drinking wine with you. But let's go to anxiety and women. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is, that, is that through the roof? Are we leveling off post COVID? Is it always been a problem? We don't talk about it. Just what are you seeing in women? And maybe let's go by decade by decade. Because I'm wondering mm-hmm. if like picking up wine becomes or some of it has been different given like probably the ages of your patients. Mm-hmm. So let's kind of go decade by decade. Okay. So is it a problem? Has it always been a problem we don't talk about? I mean, yeah, I think it's always been a problem. I do think it got worse during COVID. Mm-hmm. And I do think now it's we are more transparent about it. And I think it's a little bit more normalized to talk about it. Um, but I don't really see it decreasing or falling off since COVID. Okay. I mean, it doesn't seem to me like, oh, everyone seems so much less anxious now. <laughs> I mean, in some ways, like the slower pace of COVID, and I've had so many women be like, I know everyone talks about how bad COVID was, but I mean, that was kind of great for me. Like not having to do, I mean, I remember mm-hmm. when afternoon activities got canceled for my kids. Mm-hmm. I mean, I feel like I just want a vacation. Yeah, that yeah, was pretty awesome. Sure. It when it rains, awesome. I like do a little dance, yeah, I and I know I'll pay for it later. <laughs> I know because those makeup so good games. I know those makeup games will take you down. I know, but in the moment, mm-hmm. you're so. Re- it's like the glass of wine. You're so reinforced by that soccer game getting. In fact, out. I go get a glass of wine to celebrate. <laughs> so there's that. But let's let's not switch get... to the Topo Chico, yeah. Shelley. Um, okay, so decade by decade, I think you know when you think about well. 20s are sort of a different animal, right? I yeah, mean, I forgot about those. I mean, like, what? Same. So long ago. Keep going. I'm kind of watching my daughter through those, but um, my daughters. Uh, I think in your 30s, it you're very focused, sort of accruing things like career and building and starting a family and getting married if that's your choice and having children. And so I think it's more of a frenetic mm-hmm. kind of, am I keeping up? And um, and I think in terms of anxiety, not related to alcohol, I think you have so much anxiety around becoming a mom and mm-hmm. getting married. And we have the added or that generation. I mean, I kind of feel bad for new moms right now because the we didn't have to look at all of the social media and how everyone was doing so great yeah. with new motherhood. Yeah. And it makes you really feel like a failure if you're struggling or if there's parts of it you don't like. Mm-hmm. And as we know, all of mm-hmm. us with multiple children, there are parts of motherhood that are really hard and aren't meant to be enjoyed. Yeah, yeah I would. They're not, make, it's not fun all no, the time. There are some. Yeah, I would actually say like not rewarding. Yeah, there are a lot of hard parts. <laughs> a yeah, lot. Yeah, I saw. Then, I even saw a sign that said, "Learn on the way to the Chris Stapleton Club. Learn breastfeeding before you're breastfeeding." And I looked at that and I said, "That is the tr- that is the <laughs> dumbest thing I've ever seen. Breastfeeding is the hardest thing so you'll hard. ever go through as a human being, and when you don't feel like your body works, like yeah, 
you know, but you there's but just how are you going to learn it before you're doing it? No, I yeah, do not know. Don't you know. can't learn it until the kid's bruising you. Okay, <laughs> right. that's when you learn how to do it right. Let's be clear. Uh-huh. Or you're bleeding. Yeah, um, <laughs> because that happens too. But you know, I think they look and like, well, I can't reach out to this friend because I'm watching her on Instagram and it looks like everything's She's monogramming going really everything. Well. It's yeah. going great. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's going great. They're all clean and everybody looks happy. And um, so I think that's hard. And I think increases anxiety and also like you know managing a new baby and childcare and a, and a relationship and trying to go back to work is really hard yeah. but at the same time I think for a lot of women going back to work can be a really good choice mm-hmm. it gives you an outlet but yep. it also helps you to retain your identity so that you don't define yourself by whom you are caring for mm-hmm. and that that works out really well in 10 to 15, 17 years when your children get older. <laughs> 17 yeah. years. And do you find that working in even like the smallest capacity can even help that help women with that? Maybe mm-hmm. to just have that outlet or maybe it's volunteering mm-hmm. or just something outside of your kids can take anxiety away. That's interesting. Yeah, I do. I think, I mean, not you do not have to find something that can be monetized in order for it to have value as a woman. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Well said. Thank well you. Said. I like that. However, I will say I do think there is a self-confidence that women gain from having a source of income that is their own mm-hmm. that can be helpful. But to do something that you feel passionately about, and if it's volunteering not at your children's school, but something else that you feel really strongly about, I think is helpful because if you have a lot of idle time, it is very easy to spiral about your children. That I can see. I or have your no house. idle time. I feel like so. you're at home more when you have little ones. You're just like looking around. You hate your house. You do hate your house. That's why everybody's redoing their houses. I did that too. I hated my house at the end of the Yeah, because you're there. Oh, I stared at you. All the problems. They jump out. So tell me this, because my friends do talk about this a lot. We're all in our mid-40s. So like everyone's finished monogramming. Everyone's Mm -hmm. kids are probably in full-time school at this point. Mm -hmm. But the anxiety's through the roof. Mm -hmm. Why? Well, because... You know, it but sounds- it's, it seems very categorical. I mean, I could, I'm sure, like any one patient, like we could totally do a deep dive on me. Just kidding, just, we won't do that. Well, it's because but being parents gets harder yeah. every year. It does. That's why. Is that why they always say that? that. It's yeah. true. No, it's for sure true. And I, I mean, I remember when my kids were little, and it sounded so cliche, like little kids, little problems, big kids, big problems. But it's honestly, it really is true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're either physically exhausted, that's exactly early right. stage, mm-hmm. right. or emotionally exhausted current stage well and the thing oh. about the physical exhaustion is you can outsource some of that yeah you can hire a babysitter you can get a nanny you can get relief for a night or for a long weekend to go away but you can't pay someone to come over and worry about your middle schooler or worry mm-hmm. about your high schooler mm-hmm. yeah that is with you all the time yeah you and can't pay to get rid of them to the the mean crowd or the you people can't. picking on your kid yeah and that is so hard and i want i think Moms at this phase, when your kid comes home and has had a horrible day or calls you from college with a, a huge, big upset, it it is so bad in that moment when they're telling you, but, but they are using you as kind of the container for that bad uh-huh. experience. So you become almost like their emotional dumpster. And then I think they get off the phone or they walk away or they get out of the car and they feel fine. And you have a pit in your stomach for yep. the next six days. Yep. That you're going to fill with vodka. No, I think okay. <laughs> hopefully not. Yeah. But I think you have to remember that like that, you know, they walk away kind of feeling better and you are left with those emotions. 
And it's much harder on us than it is on them. And remind yourself of that. I think it helps you to feel better. So how do we cope with that? Like, what do you suggest to people that come and sit, you know, on their sixth day of therapy because they did hear something horrible is happening again, they're vented and they're gone and they're great. And Mm -hmm. we're not great, but just better. Or they know where things can go that the kid can't see. Because that's the hardest Mm, part to me. That is really hard. Forecasting out. Um, oh, I've I been know. told yeah. to stop forecasting Ooh, what's going to come. To, oh, I say that all the time. Kelly Jameson <laughs> said, you have got to stop looking down the pipeline and being like, here's what's going to happen next. Now I might be right. You're such a visionary, though. It's no, hard to no, no, turn no. it off. And she said, if home. you forecast with your kid there, it's really, I'm like, well, you know, don't do that. Mm-hmm. You know how that's going to turn out. Exactly. Oh, she wow. said, stop that. They have to make their own mistakes. Stay out of it. Actually, your husband also told me, stay out of it. I tell people all the time to stay out of he it. He's like, you just got to step back and watch it. You do. Don't coordinate this. Don't coordinate. Just step away. And I think about every time I want to like get involved, I'm like, just step away. And I'm like, slowly. Okay. Dying. Why is that? Okay. that? It's the hardest piece of advice to follow. Mm-hmm. But that is what I say. And I say, you know, I, I remind people of just that, of like, you know, they walk away and they feel better. So just remember that. Like I you're like left that. with it. Yeah. So. And then also that. You know, I think what happens is you get your seventh grader saying this and this about, you know, this person not being nice and this, and you have spiraled all the way down to like, well, how's this going to look in four years or where's she going to be? And try not to do that. Okay. (laughs) Try to stay in the moment with it. But also, I think a lot of times when my kids are complaining to me, instead of trying to problem solve it for them or to diffuse it or just sort of show them the other side, like, well... Maybe she left you out because blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you just say, yeah, that's terrible. That sucks. And I remember being left out of stuff, too, and I yeah. hate it. Even at 48, when I'm not invited to a party that I desperately did not want to go to, it still hurts my feelings. Yeah, right? That is actually most- <laughs> Can I ask a question? Just, I know your patients are not children, but um, have you found or observed that kids have such a greater vocabulary for – I feel like – Am I on to something here? I I also feel like my kids are coming to me and being like, I'm feeling really anxious about blank. I'm like, I didn't even know the word anxious. I didn't Mm -mm. either. Uh, are they mm-hmm. just is it that they're I mean are they we were sending us happy, a little further happy yeah. yeah it was one or the other mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah I know I think the emotional vocabulary has increased a lot which is so helpful no it's so great but then it also and can also, send the moms spiraling on a Wednesday at four because they're using when vocabulary when fourth grader says I'm feeling anxious you're like yeah. <gasps> you're like oh my anxiety mm-hmm. is crippling right now or yes. I don't know I mean, just, I mean it's not happened I'm just making it that yeah. yeah my 15 year old daughter came and told me that she had diagnosed herself with narcolepsy <laughs> and I said, well, why don't you try going to bed a little bit earlier because you get up really early, early for basketball. And if the narcolepsy resolves, we might have our answer. But no, I, I mean, cannot I cannot think- imagine y'all's house, actually. It would be it so looks entertaining. no better than anyone else's, Shelly. I'm telling you. I, I, I believe you because you, you still have kids and you cannot control that. There is no, you, you can't. Know, you just have to learn how to figure out. And you can't be objective about your own children. Mm-hmm. It's uh-huh. it's impossible. Mm-hmm. And anyone who tells me they can, I sort of like worry they're a sociopath or something. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> not really. So I think the emotional vocabulary, yes, Jody, has increased. But also kids are more transparent about therapy. I mean, uh-huh. it's so funny to li- I mean there are kids who will be in my husband's waiting room taking snapchats and sending them to my daughter wow um there's an adolescent I don't see a whole lot of adolescents but I like to have some in my schedule just because they bring a okay. lot of levity yeah, 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 and they're yeah. fun good, good and I oftentimes see mothers and daughters together who are having conflict which is it's uh-huh. kind of like marital therapy but for a mom and a daughter it's really it's actually Ooh. really fun okay 
Um, I know. I don't know. I just I really like the energy of that. But um, this this one adolescent would put me on her Snapchat story, and then other people would see me and like, oh, I know her. That's Annie's mom. That's John Housen's mom. So. Oh but to them, it's really kind of destigmatized. Normal, it's normalized, which is wonderful. Which is awesome. It's awesome. awesome. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So it takes some of the shame out of it. Do you find that women, and you know, I feel like when sometimes people are upset, women especially just need to like think out loud and they're venting and they're talking. Do you find in some of your sessions you almost don't talk and people come to their mm-hmm. own conclusions? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because women just need to be heard, but no one wants to really sit listen. and listen. You can come mm-hmm. podcast with us. Anyone listening, yeah. you want to just come talk, come podcast with us. <laughs> just have this be your outlet. Um, no, for sure. Yeah, 100%. And, though, and honestly, I think it's better when I do sit back, like when we sit back with our kids, and let them come to the conclusion. Yeah. It's more meaningful than me telling you something. Mm-hmm. And honestly, sometimes just saying it out loud, the things that we keep in our head grow and become more scary. It's kind mm-hmm. of like the things that we avoid or put off. Like mm-hmm. when you procrastinate something, you don't want to start. You don't start to want to do it more. Mm-hmm. You want to do it less. It gets bigger and bigger. So the thing in our head that we're worried about or that we're trying to work through, the more we keep it in our head because we don't want to burden our friends. We don't want to be the Debbie Downer. My husband's already stressed. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. To say it out loud and put words to it takes some of the power out of it. Mm-hmm. And once you lay it out there, it's like, oh, okay. I mean, this is hard, but I can deal with this. Like, we can do this. And, you know, some of it is just problem solving. Let's make a plan. Or, yeah. You know, why is it you think you feel this way about it? Because it may not have anything to do with now. This may be a feeling from the past. Do you feel like women are doing a better job of um, knowing that they have to take care of themselves to take care of a family? Or are we really just in the same spot? I think they're better at saying that. Um, But in practice, I don't know. I mean, that's a good question. I am unlikely to recommend a bunch of self-care, especially to a new mom, because I think it becomes like – Another well, now I ha- yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh God, now I have to like work in some sort of bath or like, yeah. you know, yeah. massage or something. But I I think the idea is definitely there in practice. I mean, I hope we're getting better, but I there's there's room for improvement, I think. This sort of um came about because you were telling us the trend of women, alcohol and anxiety. Mm-hmm. But are there any other trends you're seeing in your patients or anything else you're seeing that you're like, you know what, I'm taking note of blank right now. Women, let's listen to this. Um Hmm, I'm trying to think. I mean, people are getting really curious about microdosing, but I don't know a whole oh, lot about that. What, okay. it, what is what is that? So microdosing is basically mushrooms, ibacillin, and um, using it micro, like in mm. very small quality quantities, to sort of help with anxiety and depression. Mm-hmm. And comparing okay. it to an antidepressant, it's not legal in Texas. I think most of the studies right now are in Canada. And truly, I don't know a ton about it. But But you're getting asked about it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I am getting asked about it a lot. And um, I had a ketamine rep come in and talk to us about that. But really, Mm -hmm. ketamine is being used for treatment-resistant depression, people who don't respond to antidepressants, um, or suicidality. Tell tell us about that. I've heard that. I've seen it, like, in the New York Times. I saw an article, maybe. What is – can you – No, I mean, the data on it looks really, really good. And the rep I had come talk to me was – Great. I mean, she was really knowledgeable, but you see symptom reduction in depression symptoms really quickly, so much more quickly. You know, most antidepressants, you work your way up on them slowly, and it takes a few weeks to kind of see really mm-hmm. any relief. You get much quicker relief of symptoms, and the side effects seem minimal. I mean, it has to be administered in a clinic with a psychiatrist and a nurse practitioner. 
I think, and I, you know, is it an IV? What what is it? It's nasal. So Spravato is, there is an IV form, but the kind of the newer forms are, it's an intranasal. Okay. So you're breathing in ketamine. Well, it's, it's like Flonase. It's like Flonase. It's like Flonase. So they puff it up your nose and then you kind of chill in this chair and they, I think, monitor your blood pressure. I think if we're going to have a spike in blood pressure, it's around 45 minutes. They keep you in the clinic for two hours, and then someone drives you home because it's it's mm-hmm. sedating. Interesting. As we wrap up our time, I, I'm curious about exercise and all of this because yeah. I always feel like exercise is the answer to pretty much everything. And sleep. Exercise and sleep. Yeah, exercise and sleep. Is that still, I mean, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. I mean, I would love to tell you that, like, laying around is what was really going to help you <laughs> because I would love to believe that myself. But, you know, you can look. There's a really good TED Talk on it about um, – it's like 45 minutes of cardiovascular exercise five or six times a week is equivalent to a low dose of an SSRI. So mm-hmm. exercise and movement really does help. It helps tremendously with anxiety, way more than alcohol does. And yeah. um, mm-hmm. and sleep, and that's part of the problem with alcohol, is your, your sleep gets messed up. Mm-hmm. But, the, but the best piece of advice, to go back to this before we get, is if you are super worried about your adolescent whether that's their social functioning or are they making friends or are they being left out, resist the urge. It's so hard to try to micromanage that for them and try to tell them, why don't you reach out to this person? Or I think this girl seems nice. Or why don't Mm -hmm. you? Because you're inadvertently giving them a message that they're not doing it right or maybe you don't think they can handle it. But also you can't fix that and they will figure it out and the more you intervene i think the more anxious they get i think oh, that stressful. i actually think that's very very well true said. like even you know i just turned and said hey what are you gonna do for halloween mm-hmm. oh am i supposed to be worried about that because i thought i was i could tell he was like oh i just thought i was coming with you guys like mm-hmm. is it did i need to make something of this did, was i yeah. supposed to make a plan exactly and then yeah. i was like i could see that i put a bubble in its head because i you know assumed and I didn't need to do that. Stay out of it. Stay out of it. Even, even and you'll when be happier like, oh, too. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Because they have to learn just like they do with grades. Stay, you know, in seventh and eighth grade, man, if you're not staying out of it, ninth and tenth grade, it'd be real hard. Mm-hmm. You know, oh. they have to figure it they out. They have to figure it out. You're not in it anymore. Mm-hmm. And if you are, it's not going to go well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You'll oh, be doing Wells. tenth grade again. Gosh, and you're just going to crush it. <laughs> <laughs> Wells, thank you for your time. This is really helpful. Thanks I for love having it. me. Yeah. I'm going to go exercise. Great. I'm going to have some Topo Chico. And <laughs> Actually, I think a walk We should all have a Bloody Mary now to celebrate. Yeah. <laughs> Mixed messages. All right. Thanks all right. for coming. Slate it. Bye.